Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Welcome to Fort McMurray Matters. Keeping you connected to our community. Brought to you by Cooper & Company Law Firm and Fort McMurray Orthodontics on Mix 103.7. Welcome to the show. I'm Sean Kreitz and I have a major guest in studio here. Uh, first time getting to chat with you. You are the first player to play in the NHL from Fort McMurray. You're also the WHL Rookie of the Year, CHL Player of the Year in your final year, Memorial Cup winner, MVP of the Memorial Cup, a gold medal at the World Juniors, an NHL draft pick, played for legendary teams like the Toronto Maple Leafs and the Vancouver Canucks. Thank you so much for taking the time, Danny Hodgson. Well, thank you very much, Sean. It's a pleasure to be here, and I'm quite honored to be here. I am just amazed at those accolades right there. So being in your presence right now to have you in studio is an absolute honor. So I always love to get to know someone, their timeline kind of through their life. And uh, were you born and raised here? Did you move here? What was your come up like in the region? Well, our family moved here in 1967 from uh, Fort Vermilion, Alberta. So I was two years old. <laughs> and so I did grow up here. I've always kind of called Fort uh, McMurray my hometown growing up and all my travels and so but uh yeah so I played minor hockey here till the age of 12 and there wasn't any oil barons here yet so I had to think of another plan and my father thought of it f for me and he thought he'd move me to Edmonton <laughs> wow. at, at the age of 13 he moved me to Edmonton to get different slash better competition say and it just turned out that I was uh, good enough to to play in that league uh, Bantam double a in edmonton at a very high level and ended up winning the scoring race there my first year in and and things happened very fast from there because after that year uh spokane flyers had their farm team out in british columbia vancouver island so i was at 15 years old now i'm already on vancouver island starting my Jeez. junior career so in, in in two short year well one short year in edmonton next year i'm already in junior and things took off from there yeah yeah I want to rewind a little bit to like just the, like the minor hockey yeah uh, you played till 12 here what was minor hockey like back then were there many teams did you have to travel all the time or how did it all work out it it was a lot yeah there weren't that many teams but you know the the, the guys that I played with growing up here in Fort McMurray Fort McMurray was a very uh, talented town I would say I call it a town back then it didn't turn into a city until later uh, <laughs> But the guys I grew up with, uh, like Rob Hogue and uh, 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 Brett Phillips and like a whole neighborhood full of kids and the Higdens and Williers and very, very, very sports orientated. And that really, when I look back, that helped me a lot mm -hmm. in my development as a kid even and to, to, to grow and play better hockey. Mm -hmm. And uh, was it always hockey for you growing up as a child? Did you do multiple other sports or...? No, I played every sport actually. Yeah, I was actually named uh, uh, athlete of the year two years in a row for in St. John's Junior High School. Jeez. Yeah, I played every sport there was, and uh, I kind of did well in all of them. I, I, I enjoyed sports. Sports was my thing. Mm -hmm. 
and and every sport I believe kind of helped me. Uh, uh, I took bits and pieces out of every sport to help me play hockey. Mm-hmm. And I feel like that's such a hot topic in these years where you have like these year-round hockey camps and stuff. But then there's always the argument to be made of like, well, if you play baseball and you do track and field and you do a little football and the lacrosse and you take like skills that you learn from these and apply it to the other one. So you, I think you're a big, maybe a big believer in go have some fun I, and I, play some I, sports. I, I, I am an advocate for that for sure. Because of the things I've take, I, I took out of different sports like basketball, volleyball, and, and uh, you know the teamwork that goes into these types of games. And you know basketball, I'll use primarily f- as an example because it's five on five, same as hockey. Mm. So and you know you look at angles, you look at uh, stuff like that, um, pick pick and rolls and stuff. And mm-hmm. so I I used a lot of that. Uh, I I moved it over into my hockey game. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know back to uh, my father, a lot of people don't know, um, the Okanagan Hockey School in Penticton was a big, big, big hockey school, which still is. He was, uh, how do you say, uh, a sponsor for that here. So I got, so for every uh, week that he sold, my price went down for, for me to go in. So I used to go there for uh, up to six weeks a year. And so I, but for me, it didn't bother me at all because even then we were still playing all different sports it mm-hmm. wasn't just just hockey 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 all day so i i didn't feel overloaded by hockey by any stretch mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. uh did you have like an idol or someone you look, looked up to kind of growing up whether it was just locally regionally or just like maybe in the in the big leagues <laughs> locally i looked up to all the uh, senior hockey league guys we <laughs> used to go to those games all the time but i really loved it a lot and they, they were like heroes of mine but um on a bigger scale, Bobby Clark was a big hero of mine, like number one. Um, I was really young when he was the captain of the Flyers, and I really studied him. I really studied uh, uh, hockey a lot as a kid. I used to lay awake reading books and at the library reading books on these guys. I was always fascinated. I wanted to know more about Madison Square Garden, <laughs> Chicago Stadium, uh, Maple Leaf Garden, stuff like that. I was kind of a student. Um, so, but Bobby Clark was my main number one guy. Uh, he's the reason why I, know I wore number 16 my whole career until I changed it to 97 later on. And that's another interesting story. <laughs> but but uh, yeah, so Bobby Clark was my guy because he came out of uh, uh, Flin Flon, Manitoba and he, he wasn't that big of a guy. And I really loved his leadership skills and how he led and what he had to, what he did to lead. And, and so... I really kind of patterned my game after his. Mm-hmm. Legendary stories I've heard of Bobby Clark in just that arena and Flynn Flon yeah. as well. Uh, you were quite the point getter, like you were mentioning just a little bit earlier, went down to Edmonton, set some records and everything. Uh, was there a moment where you were like, damn, I want to be a, whole pro- a pro hockey player and I think I can get there? Was it that time in Edmonton? Or when did, you, when did it become kind of like a reality of like, I might be able to do this? Honestly, it, if I had to say it was before that, it, it, it was in Fort McMurray here. Um, for whatever reason, mm-hmm. it was just a belief and I believed it and nothing, <laughs> nothing changed my mind mm-hmm. to, to, you know, to, to be contrary to that. Uh, I decided I wanted to play hockey uh, and, and I followed that path and things just kept falling in place, say. Um, I was good enough. I knew I was good enough. And my father always preached to me that I have to be better 
which is kind of sad in a way and because well why do i have to be well i don't mind being better sure <laughs> i always want to be better but uh, you know being with aboriginal uh, blood in me and stuff you said you're going to be judged different mm-hmm. and and that's just a fact of life there's no way around it mm-hmm. and i never took too much to it but i thought okay well that's fair i'll you have to be better i'll i'll be better i'll try to be better and 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 maybe that helped in 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 some way too mm-hmm. and then so you kind of mentioned it uh it was spokane's farm team in the the bcjhl uh how did that uh connection work down there how did, how did they pick you up um back in those days um so i was playing in edmonton so the spokane flyers they used to have territorial rights in those days and they used to have a 50 player protected list so spokane had the edmonton rights at that time the edmonton oil kings gave them up because they moved away Mm -hmm. i believe to portland at that time but uh so there was a big group of us on that protected list of very very good players and so they picked me up and they just started a brand new farm team down in british columbia and they said we want you to go play there to to come join us in the western league and so i thought okay sure i i kind of i was just telling uh carolyn the other day i was i kind of wished i kind of maybe would have stuck around alberta uh-huh. just for my parents sake so they could have watched you know these 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 years i i you know you're so young you don't realize that hey i'm gone now and like i'm gone this is it gone yeah. gone gone yeah. like i'm i'm not going to be be, be playing in front of mom and dad uh, anymore. And yeah. that, that's young to even try to realize that, of course. No kidding. Right. Well, especially with the way that you took off, 96 points in 48 games, 120 the next year in 46 games. And then uh, what was the jump like to Prince Albert in the WHL after you just tore up the, the junior league there? Well, that's another interesting story, speaking of rights, because during my time in, in uh, Cowichan Valley uh, in the BCJHL, Spokane folded. Oh, <laughs> so Spokane folded now, and everybody on that protected list. So Prince Albert was coming into the league after being a powerhouse in the uh, Saskatchewan Junior Hockey League Tier mm-hmm. Two. Mm-hmm. So they wanted to move up into the Western Hockey League, and they ended up buying the protected fifty-player protected list. <laughs> and the cool thing about that was, well, I was on it, but the core of our Memorial Cup winning team three years later was on that list there was five five of us approximately the core but the real core guys and that was quite something that uh, yeah so going to prince albert was well that was a blessing in disguise too because of the hockey culture in prince albert Mm -hmm. like they were winning centennial cups almost every year and winning saskatchewan juniors so it was a real winning mentality there and that really helped me out too Mm-hmm. And so with those core guys, did all, all of y'all kind of come up through like the Edmonton system, like you said, and then through the the, the Cowichan Jr. and then the, the Spokane? So all of you were kind of together through the whole process? Well, actually, they didn't come up through the Spokane system. They, a couple of them were younger, even a year younger oh, wow. than I was. So they stayed in Edmonton, and I think a few of them uh, were finishing off their Bantam or Midget <laughs> while I was playing junior. Yeah. And we all ended up in Prince Albert. They not none of them were with me in Cowichan. Oh. Yeah, we ended up in Prince Albert all, all at the same time. So they're like it, my right winger Dave Pazine was sixteen years old. I was seventeen. Emmanuel Viveros was sixteen. Uh, high scoring defenseman, great defenseman. 
Dave Gertz out of Sherwood Park, Dale McPhee, the police chief in Edmonton, was on our Memorial Cup team from St. Albert, <laughs> and so so the 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 core was from in and around uh, Edmonton. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to say you paved the way for Mike Mandano to be great as well, because you played in the years before him here. But 130 points, 181 in the next year, and 182 in the year after unheard of i've looking at all this i was blown away legendary in fact so legendary pa is going to be retiring your jersey uh we'll hop into that in a a quick second here but how would you describe your time in pa you kind of touched on a little bit what would you attribute all the success to well coming into prince albert like I, i said was another blessing i think because we were an expansion team and so everyone was started off on the same kind of footing. There wasn't any seniority or anything like that because we're all basically rookies in the Western League. So there wasn't anything like that. But mm-hmm. I think the major, major thing for me was the winning culture that I, I stepped into with them winning so much in the uh, uh, Saskatchewan Junior, like I said, in the Centennial Cups that they won. And Terry Simpson, the head coach, was a major, major, major uh, influence in my uh, teenage years and development there. He was such a great coach and uh, a great mentor and the rights from wrongs and and all that stuff. So to step into that for me, and he kind of laid out that we did have a three-year plan. He, I think he realized what, what he had there, even though we were all so young, <laughs> mm-hmm. he brought in the older, the older guys, some of them older, uh, they came back from university and college down in the States to play with us and mentor us even, um, like Bobby Lowe's and Warren Harper. These guys came mm-hmm. back from like university of North Dakota and to play with us in the, in the dub. And I think that was more for mentoring purposes than anything because their careers were almost pretty much done, but mm-hmm. they brought them back. Yeah, that's really cool. Um, actually, I grew up with Bobby Lowe's daughters. We went to the same high school and stuff, and he just got the Stanley Cup and everything. Oh, in Regina, that's yeah, right, too. Yeah, that's, <laughs> that's right. an amazing connection right there. Small world. Uh, <laughs> and and so you're going through PA. Was it? Did you catch the league by, like, shock kind of thing, being an expansion team, or did people kind of see it coming? Or, like, how did it all unfold from being expansion to Memorial Cup in just a couple years? Yeah, in three years. Um I don't think anybody's seen it coming. Um, certainly not outside of Prince Albert anyway. <laughs> if, if there's anybody who might have thought of it, it, it was us. We, we believed how, in how good we were. We, we knew mm-hmm. what we had. Um, we were just young. We were just young. Mm-hmm. And, and believe me, like you look at that, those, that first year in Prince Albert, uh, I think we won 11 games <laughs> or something. And we really got it handed to us like major league saskatoon was a big team i think they went to memorial cup that year um regina pats were a big team the teams in our division who we ended up playing 12 times i think really led to a lot of us (laughs) developing quicker than we wanted but it certainly helped us out because uh they were so good and and bigger and stronger so they they didn't just beat us like playing the game they also beat us up pretty good too so we we all took a lot of that out of that first year to help us grow. I was going to say the WHL used to be such a rough and tough league, and you look at it nowadays, Connor Bedard. Like I, I want to see what you would have done in this like WHL where Bedard's putting up three points a game. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> who who knows in this in, in the new game uh, how that would have went? That's for sure. We we talk about that a lot, or not a lot, but every now and then it comes up with with no stick and all this stuff and and. and we used to have guys draped on us and, and mm-hmm. like, you know, really a lot of that, a lot of that stuff. But 
yeah, I don't even <laughs> I don't even like to compare it to be honest with you because you you never really know, right? Yeah, it, it's it's so different. It is, it is. So, yeah, just I remember growing up and the WHO was just so rough and like that was the rough leg of the junior. Like you go across Canada to the OHL and Q and you're like, oh, you're playing a dub team, you're gonna get your butt whooped. <laughs> well, pr- pretty much that how that's how it was, and I'll tell you, every game I played as a 17 year old in the Western Hockey League, I was scared. And that's not a word of a lie. Like every game, you're going into every game, and I didn't know what was going to happen that, this night. And I, I, but I did know that we didn't have enough toughness to <laughs> to to keep these other guys off. And and that was it. And that was a fact of life. So you just went out there and you just wanted to play, and you hope you hope that the other team wasn't too grumpy that night because <laughs> if they were, if, oh, yeah, that a lot of bad stuff was going to happen. And on a lot of those nights, it did. Yeah. But like I said, you use it for you use it for learning. Mm-hmm. You, you know, we all we all did. We are, after so many games, we're all cut and bruised and blood <laughs> dripping, and yeah, that's just the way it was. Mm-hmm. Uh, legendary career with uh, the WHL. Uh, it led you to getting drafted fifth round by the Toronto Maple Leafs. What was the draft like for you? It's changed so much over years and everything. But what was the draft like for you? Oh, the draft was a pretty cool experience. I actually went down to that. A lot of people don't know the story and how I got drafted, but it, <laughs> that was kind of funny too. Uh, I'll, I'll tell you the story. Yeah. So I'm I'm sitting there, and I was projected at that time to be maybe early second round, second round draft pick because of my uh, the year I had uh, the rookie of the year in the, in the Western League and all this stuff. So, but they didn't really know about me too much because I did play in the BCJHL, and so that's not really that well covered at mm. that time. So, but anyway, so I'm in, uh, it's in the old Montreal forum. And so the second, third round goes by and I'm like, huh, huh whatever. The fourth line or fourth round is going. And then I'm just like, so with every pick that comes up, Philadelphia is going to select. And I'm like, oh, Philadelphia would be a cool yeah. team. And then they pick so-and-so. And then all of a sudden say, uh, Chicago comes up and I go, oh, that, oh, sure. Yeah. Like, <laughs> so this kept coming. So it ca- finally it came, uh, around to uh toronto they were the first pick in the fifth round and so i'm just sitting up with my agent uh at that time bill waters and uh toronto calls a timeout and my agent calls me down to the floor and i'm like oh what's going on and he leads me behind the big velvet curtain you see at the end of 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 the draft there and it's all quiet back there and and just standing there was the gm of the uh, leafs at the time jerry mcnamara and he looks at me and he, he he just asked me, he goes, how tall are you? Mm-hmm. And I lied. Yeah. I, I said I was 5'11", I'm 5'10", for <laughs> sure, I always have been. But I was standing on a little bit of a slope, yeah. too, so it made me look bigger. So I said 5'11", and then he asked how much I weighed. And a little bit of a fib again. I Absolutely. told him, oh, yeah, yeah, I want to get drafted. <laughs> so I told him... Uh, I, I weigh one one eighty, and of course I was only like between one seventy one seventy five <laughs> forever. So, but still, still. And then he asked the famous question: "Do you want to play hockey, son?" And I said, uh, "Yeah, absolutely, I do. I want to play." And then, you know, the words I think that every Canadian kid wants to hear in their life: like you dream about this playing. And and he said, "Well, go have a seat. The Toronto Maple Leafs are wow. going to take you right now." And the the feeling that I had, Sean. Uh, it's hard to describe. It was just like, whew, all, like really like a, just a big relief of 
the tension sitting there in the stands, you know, watching all these teams pick and your name ain't coming, but now it's it's finally going to happen, all this work, and it's, it's almost like everything flashes by your eyes so quick. Mom and dad, uh, sit, mom sitting in the rink, dad in the rink at 6 o'clock in the morning on Sundays by themselves, yeah. and all the driving around and all the effort that it, it, it took for them to put in, uh, they put in too, and it was a great, great relief. And too bad it was Toronto, though. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so you not grow? Like that story gave me goosebumps right there because I had the same dream as well. Growing up in Canada, you just want to play pro hockey. Yes, any team. Um, yeah, um, yeah, for sure. Were you not a Leafs fan growing up? Oh no! I, I well, <laughs> back to no. I really kind of wasn't because I I watched them every every Saturday yeah. night on, on TV, of course, like everybody. But. I, I was a Flyer fan. Oh, yeah. I was really a Bobby Flyer Flyers, fan. Yeah. yeah, Bobby. And then I really thought that would have been cool if if, if Philly did take me because of, I thought, how I might fit in. Mm. And to be honest with you, at that time, the Leafs weren't even really on my radar for watching because I was actually turned into an Oiler fan at that time. I thought if Edmonton drafted me, that would have been a great thing too, being like close to you know, Fort McMurray close to Edmonton. I would have been a hometown kid in Edmonton and the style of hockey they played at the time, it really would have fit my style too. It, it actually fit it to a T, but that didn't happen. And so Toronto, so it was all brand new. I, I didn't even yeah. really know what was going on in Toronto at the time. It, see back to that now now you're throwing into another scenario that you're just like okay who's this who's this who's yeah. these like who do i gotta be whose job am i trying to take and it's you know stuff like now it turns serious and yeah. now, you're, now you're looking at pro uh-huh and then so you get drafted what was that transition like to make the leafs go to camp or i guess i want to go back to the draft was there a pre-draft process of like teams interviewing you or were they just kind of basing it off tape and contacting your agent and... i i would there was no interview process back in those days this is 1983 mm -hmm. there wasn't any of that not that i'm aware of mm -hmm. um but no you you just show up and it, i think they had their scouts out, out yeah. and about you know the western scouts and all this and that i think they had about three four in each uh league you know the quebec ontario league mm -hmm. and then i think they just get together and they they took their picks uh, based yeah. upon that stuff back in those days. Mm -hmm. And then so you did crack the Leafs, you cracked the lineup. What was that like to finally get to, to play not only your first NHL game, but just like a couple with the first season with the Leafs there? Well, we kind of skipped those two years in between there. Uh, the When I was 18, 19, when I was kind of uh, like I was really lighting it up, like mm -hmm. lighting up the Western League. I think I think my second year in the league, um, I think I was leading a scoring race at one time by 30, 35 points. And it was really an, another scary feeling for me because now I was standing out in another uh, plateau, but like kind of all by myself out there. And it was a really strange feeling to be an 18-year-old kid. And, yeah. and, and you're, you're by yourself. Like nobody could really understand what was going <laughs> on here. And... Uh, so that was a different feeling, and then um, I ended up making a world junior that that year too. Um, as an 18-year-old, I think I was one of the only 18-year-olds on that team. But uh, but so then to make well, then fast forward <laughs> to my 19-year-old season, which you know some consider still to this day, Sean, uh, one if not the greatest uh, uh, years in the history of the Canadian Hockey League. Oh, yeah. You know, it, it was, like, really crazy and bizarre. Uh, 
What's it like putting up 182 points in a year? <laughs> uh, honestly, it felt natural. It, 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 at, at, that, this, at this stage, you're kind of getting used to it, and you're kind of, um, uh, yeah, you, you, you know how good you are and how good, how good your, your line mates are and your team is. But beyond that, though, what that, what that led me to do my, as a 19-year-old, being in control of our situation now, because, like, as I mentioned, we lost or no, we won 11 games as a 17-year-old. Well, now everything flipped. Mm -hmm. The whole thing flipped. Um, so the first year, 11 games we won. Then the, the second year as an 18-year-old, uh, we went 50-50, made the playoffs. So now we're making good <laughs> progress. We're really in a good spot. Now fast forward to the next year, well, it went totally reverse. <laughs> We lost, I believe, 11 games that whole year. Wow. And yeah, we were in total control of, of the whole league. We had the toughest team maybe in Canada. We had the best team scoring-wise in Canada. So there wasn't really yeah. much stopping us now. And I think the big thing for me when I look back, reflect upon those days is um, the wherewithal to know that. So now what do you want to do? <laughs> I could have won the scoring race probably both years, but that wasn't never a goal of mine. Mm -hmm. That that didn't interest me that much. I always thought if I win, great. If I, I don't really care that much about it. That third year when we did win the cup, my, my line mates would get mad at me <laughs> because we, we, Sean, they would get mad at me. Halfway through the third period, lots of games, I would just undo my chin strap. <laughs> and the coach would look at me, Terry Simpson, and, he, and I'd say, no, nah, I'm we're good. Yeah. Like we're, we're up 7 2. We're, oh, yeah. we're, we're, we're good. I wanted the other lines to play because they were young too. And I wanted them to play. And I kind of felt and knew in order for us to win the mm -hmm. cup, we're going to need the second, third, fourth line. Get that experience. To get the that depth. experience. Yeah. You can't just have these young guys coming in in a Memorial Cup cold and they, they haven't been in all the situations. Mm -hmm. And they got to see all the situations, the penalty kill, the power plays, the five on fives, the fights, they got to, <laughs> to do it all. I think there was only one game, Sean, and I kind of like this, one game I think I ever had to do my chin strap back up. I think we got a couple quick goals against this and I just did it up and it jumped over the boards and said, okay, we can't have that. <laughs> Go so, pot one. Did you have a, did you have a protector? on your team uh you said you're one of the toughest teams did you have a tough guy that would look out for for the skill guys uh, um not one but as a as a collective whole like we had a, like i said one of the toughest teams in the league that we had uh, dave manson uh, <laughs> ken baumgartner uh dave gertz D we had one line colin phaser who ended up living here working for the royal bank actually <laughs> he uh they had a line we they, they were crazy this line they were so tough but as a collective group, we were so tough all the way. My right winger was tough. He wouldn't let anybody touch me. <laughs> and, and, and Baumgartner wouldn't let anybody touch me because he actually played on my five-man unit a lot with Viveros. And he would just give the puck to Vive and then Vive would, <laughs> us four would play. Well, Bomber played too a little <laughs> bit, but, but he was more out there for straightening people out. And mm -hmm. so, yeah, it, it, it gave a guy a lot of room for sure. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And then so after growing uh, so much throughout your junior career, uh, were the Leafs excited to have you in their program? Well, yeah. Yes, I I'd like to believe so. But I think I think I was a surprise to them. <laughs> I don't think that, you know. This fifth round draft pick? Th yes, exactly this. 
because in, in with the seventh overall pick, they 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 took Russ Cortnell out of Victoria, uh -huh. another centerman, who was a good, good great friend of mine. We ended up being roommates in Toronto, actually. But uh, so they it was almost like, oh, where do we where do we put put them? We, like, there was the, so there was a jockeying for for positioning their centers and and because I showed up with that year under my belt and like you're gonna make the team you're gonna make the team so they had other guys that they had penciled in and this and that and the other thing so it created probably created something that they weren't they weren't mm -hmm. prepared for as a team themselves they, they didn't make moves they didn't trade they didn't you know they could have brought in wingers they could have brought in d they could have made some moves but they didn't and so but a, a, a very unfortunate thing happened to me uh, my first it wasn't my first training camp, but the year I was making the Leafs uh, in preseason against Buffalo, I ended up smashing my face mm. in preseason. Uh, with, uh, I had a run-in with uh, the back of the helmet of one of my teammates, Greg Terrion, uh, rest his soul. So I ran into the back of his helmet r right on the blue line, and so my face was, you know, broken up. Mm -hmm. So I ended up missing the start of the whole, whole season, like two and a half months. And so that was a real downer. Yeah. Like, because now, uh, like, I'm talking, jockeying for positions and stuff. Well, that just freed up a center ice position for somebody else. So now mm -hmm. when I come back and two and a half months into the season and everybody's in almost mid mid-season form, now I'm just kind of getting going and I don't even know who my line mates yeah. are. Or like, you, you don't have a set line. So everything is kind of mu uh, mumble-jumble a little bit, mm -hmm. you, you know, where, you know, centermen like me, you kind of like... Uh, you like things firm. You like things set. You know, like 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 Hall had, uh, or sorry, Oates had Hall. Gretzky had Curry. You know, you you the you, chemistry you, that you, you yeah. Play. You find your guy and you find your team. But I I was getting different line mates all the time, and it was it was it was mm -hmm. a strange feeling. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then, so what was the transition to Vancouver then after that? Well, that was very similar. That was I think very similar. Um, there another struggling team you know another struggling team trying to find their identity trying to find what was working what wasn't working and and uh i found myself in a similar position there there was one really great thing that might have could have came out of that um is when we took trevor linden uh second overall right winger and uh, out of medicine hat um he ended up playing with me a lot uh, the year that he won the rookie of the year <laughs> award yeah uh, and i was kind of you know hoping that they would keep that together but they still wouldn't even keep that one together so back to that again yeah. there there's there, there, like it's you never know who you're playing with one day to the next to to create this chemistry that that you need mm -hmm. that you need to excel at a at, at a high level like that mm -hmm. and then so just looking at your nhl career 74 points in 114 games like that's pretty amazing to be at the top you're in the like the one percent of the world if that and you still put up almost a point per game um how do you reflect on your nhl career um yeah i i i wished it would have been like in, in, when i take a serious look at it and i don't like to take a look at it you know we're taught kind of forward thinking, forward looking, you know, if you're looking, what's, what's the point, what's the use. But of course, maybe there's a million guys who played in the NHL who, 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 who wish that they could have had a better career or something like that. I, I, I wish I would have, I wish I would have, I, I, I knew what I could do and I knew I could 
have done better than that. Mm -hmm. I, I really do believe in my heart I could have done better than that. So for whatever reasons and this and that, the other thing, but it's not something I dwell on. Mm -hmm. John, no, I, I can't live like that. I don't want to. So I just take it as, yeah, it was, it was all right. It was fun. I did what I wanted to do there. And well, then I ended up breaking my leg in Vancouver, oh, which, 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 yeah. So these two big serious injuries, you know, with my face in Toronto and my broken leg and like, I just got called up from Milwaukee and I, I just put up 10 points in four games in Vancouver and I was leading the scoring race in the international league. I was getting two points a game that year. That was my third season in the NHL. And you know, the headlines were Danny Hodgson has arrived. That was the headlines. And, nice. and yeah. And, and I was like, yeah. So I, it, the, the fourth game, like I went one assist first game, one and one, one and one. And then Mario Lemieux and Pittsburgh came to town. We beat him seven, five and I had a goal four assist against Mario. <laughs> so yeah. And, and, and for me, it, it, it wasn't uh, surprising to me because I knew I could play at this level. I played against Wayne and like Gretzky and mm -hmm. I, and play well, and I play well against Mario because we played against each other in the world junior tryouts in summertime. So I already knew all this stuff and it wasn't surprising to me, but then, then shortly thereafter, uh, yeah, the whole season was over because of a broken leg. And back in those days, they called that a career ending injury. So now word of mouth probably didn't help either. Where they say Dan Hodgson's career is over. He broke mm -hmm. his leg. He's never coming back. And all of this talk was out there throughout the whole NHL world. So yeah, but that's that. And mm -hmm. I got no regrets with it. I came back and played the next year. Well, yeah, and, and pro hockey didn't stop for you because you did a, a decade overseas with a, some impressive teams over there. Uh, what was European hockey like? The arenas, the atmosphere, just everything that went involved with Europe. No, the European uh, experience was, was great. I, I loved it, actually, really loved it. I loved it all. It was eye-opening right from start to finish. I still remember getting off the plane in Zurich, uh, my first flight over and the security guards with machine guns. And then just from there on, I was just like, this is all so brand new to me and so different and with the languages and, 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 and lifestyle and everything was brand new. And a little bit of a soccer mentality inside the rink sometimes with the drums and the yeah. fans and, and you know they get the whole one big section with they don't sit there's no seats there and they're they're standing and dancing and jumping and and beating on the drum and yeah. it was pretty cool it was it was great all in all my whole european experience it was it, really fantastic you know really uh, uh i got married uh married a girl from over there my kids still live there and i have a granddaughter there now so i i i have a you know, the legacy over there. We won championships in Zurich, mm. won Spangler Cup. Nice. And, and things like that with Team Canada. So, but all in all, yeah, no, the, the rinks were great. And, you know, uh, I think playing in Davos for five years and playing in the Spangler Cup eight times, which is another, that's just another whole no great kidding. crazy thing. <laughs> it was fantastic too. And to play with the big team, like Zurich was like the New York Rangers of Switzerland and to play on that team was great and winning Swiss championships. Uh, yeah, that was very, very cool. I always have it on like my, my bucket list to do a world juniors when it's over in Europe and just kind of experience that whole thing. I, I, I don't think you'd be doing anything wrong there, Sean. <laughs> I think, you know what, you should put that Spangler cup on your bucket oh, list. Yeah? I think that's where you'd really get a 
Nice. Good, good eyeful of everything. <laughs> That's another whole nother thing. Yeah. I'll add yeah. that one. That's probably cheaper too. The World Juniors are this overblown. Yeah. Yep, Maybe probably. the Spangler Cup is like where you can kind of get the experience and also take in good hockey at yep, the same time. Absolutely. Uh, and, and then so, so earlier this year, something awesome happened. You were one of eight Indigenous hockey players to get a set of trading cards. Can you explain that whole process? Uh, yeah, that was pretty cool because everyone's asked me over the years countless times, um, about my NHL rookie card. Do you got one? Do you have one? I have yours. They they would say to me, I'd say, no, you don't because I don't have one. Yeah. And so that was always kind of a thing too because back then they only made maybe eight or ten uh, cards for each player back in the 80s. Wow. Yeah. So that was different back then. But so what? What? how this all came about was my cousin, it turned out to be my cousin named Cardinal who uh, spearheaded an uh, an effort to get some of the indigenous players who never had a hockey card from eras gone past, like from the thirties or forties, even wow. right up until today who never had one. And I didn't even know he was my cousin until this all came about. And he was, yeah, he's from up, up for, yeah, Fort Familiar and up, up where I'm, up where I was born. And, uh, so, so he, he teamed up with upper deck and it just, it just so happened that one of my, uh, or I was one of the ones that were going to be honored with this card and mm -hmm. and I still uh, yeah I thought it was a great thing uh, so many of those cards have been going out since I got them and so and calls from all over North America do, do people reach yeah, out yeah absolutely they do absolutely uh, you know like yourself too Sean for for interviews and and stuff and uh, they think it's a great thing that you know to be recognized for that you know mm -hmm. to, for, for, and to ha actually have a hockey I still give them out today <laughs> And, and, and I'm proud to, I'm proud of it. Do you get um, a, a, a choice for what action shot they use on the card or do they just choose one? They actually gave me a choice. <laughs> they gave me a choice and, and they actually g gave me a choice to for what's written on the, on the back too. Oh yeah. Yeah, so I thought that was pretty cool. And and if you look closely at that card, it's, it's a little bit blurry mm. and there's a reason for that because I, I tell people I'd like to, I'd like people to think that I was faster than I was. So, yeah. absolutely, you got to go. With it. Yeah, yeah, I went. For, I went with it. Yeah, see, it's a little blurry. And then, so you get handed your card for the first time. What's that feeling like? Oh, it was a pretty cool feeling. Pretty, re really, yeah. It was. It, it was a nice feeling. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like I said before, you don't really. I don't. I never really look back at my career, and and sit and look at it, or mm -hmm. sit and think about it. Like even. It comes and goes. You think about something and then you move on. Yeah. And and that's for me to this day. And then, you know, I, I look at that and, you know, sure, a lot of memories come flooding back, this, that, and think about being in Toronto and all the cool things and realizing your, 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 your goal, your dream as a young guy is 20 years old. Like I look back, I go, geez, I'm only 20 years old in that picture. And I think wow. back, I go, geez, you're, you you, you think, you, at that time, you think you're a man, but uh, looking back, you realize that how, how young you were and just a kid, kind of, sort of, an older kid. And uh, yeah, so we kind of alluded to it a little earlier, but you're getting your number retired this uh, coming season in Prince Albert. November 25th is when it's going to be happening. What does it mean to get your number retired? Well, that's a huge, huge honor for me, Sean. Um, with Prince Albert, I yeah, should say. with yeah. Prince Albert, yeah, yeah, yeah. Curtis Hunt, the GM, got a hold of me, and I played with Curtis on the uh, our '85 Cup team, coincidentally. But he told me it was long overdue and and all this stuff. So 
that that's a pretty I, I don't know that's a pretty cool one um to have something like that uh you know to have your sweater retired you never ever go in or i never did like i i never think about like i said before i think like records or or thought about cups yeah but never think about these individual uh awards and honors and stuff like that so i think it's pretty pretty cool to be i don't know put up there and and so people can maybe realize uh or they're grateful also maybe by by honoring you in that way that you, that you actually it, it gives me a, a feeling of fulfillment mm. that that i actually like 16 and prince albert actually really did something there and i'd like to think i did too and and it's it's great and i'm grateful that they honor it like that and i'll, I'll be very proud that day and i know my mom and dad would be proud of it and my family and my girlfriend here will be proud of it, Carolyn. So I, I, I really, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm looking forward to yeah. it because at, at, at the age I'm at now, 57, um, I know all these things are coming to an end, <laughs> you know, these, 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 these nice things and stuff like that. So, and this might be the crowning, the crowning jewel of, uh, on it all, you know, mm -hmm. to know that what, what I, I accomplished in Prince Albert to help them, uh, win the cup and stuff like that. And yeah. I'm proud of it. Uh, yeah. You're very humble. You say, I think I did something. You did do something good. Like, you, you helped make an expansion team, drive them all the way to a Memorial Cup, and you, you just accomplished so much with them. You joined the likes of Dave Manson and Mike Medano, paving the way for, for Prince Albert to be where they are today. Also, uh, for maybe the, the future Indigenous kids who maybe need some representation to look up to, what does that mean to you to also uh, have these accomplishments? At, it actually means a ton to me if if some not only indigenous kid and I'm, and, but I I really hope some one does or two or three or five it doesn't have to be a boy even can be a girl mm. uh, would would look up to and see that and sort of it's sort of similar to how I looked at Bobby Clark when you think about it you know if if this guy can do it that diabetic from Flon, manitoba not very big 5 foot 10 175 it almost all fits <laughs> if that's how i looked at that so now if i could get a an indigenous boy or a girl to look at that but it doesn't like i said doesn't have to be anybody to look at that and say hey this guy came out of fort mcmurray uh yeah. you know this guy was born in fort vermilion um he's slight of build uh, Geez, he must like that hard work and, and training and dedication. It, it it could pay off. It already did. It's 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 something I I did, and and it could pay off for you. So back to that, you know, ba break down some mental barriers for people. Mm -hmm. You know, who think that there is stuff in their way. It it's not in your way. You, you can put it away, and you can go as far and as uh, long as as you want to make it. And I'd be so honored one day if 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 a young person a boy or girl came up to me and said hey you're the reason why i i played and and you're the reason why i went to the university of north dakota or wherever they ended up i, I would just maybe that'll be the highlight in go. the future right there mm -hmm. that'd be mm -hmm. great so november 25th will definitely be a special day uh how did how does danny hodgson spend his days now oh I spend my days working. <laughs> I spend a lot of my days working. I spend a lot of my time with, like I said before, with Carolyn here, my girlfriend. Uh, 
we take it easy, you know, we're a little bit up there in age now, so we're not doing any of those young kid stuff. Yeah, we go swimming down <laughs> at uh, Mac Island. Uh, we go watch Carolyn's uh, nephew pitch for the Fort McMurray Giants. Oh. Yeah, yeah, John Shields, the pitcher. That's Carolyn's uh, nephew. We did a lot of that this summer. But we, we spend a lot of time at home, actually, chilling out at, at yeah. Awesome. So yeah. you reside in Fort McMurray? I reside in Fort McMurray now. So cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm back where it all started, and yeah, enjoy it here. And I've always loved it here. Um, I was, I'll tell you what, a lot of people don't know either, Sean, that I was so proud, and I still am so proud, that I came home every summer. <laughs> every summer, religiously, I had f uh, family here, friends here. I love the community, and everyone said, well, what are you coming back here for? You know, you could be anywhere. You could be anywhere. And I said, well, this is home to mm -hmm. me, and I love my friends, and I love my family, and, and uh, so knowing that I could have been anywhere, that really didn't mean much to me either. Sure I can, but it, 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 it just felt right for me to come home every summer and spend time here because I missed everybody so much, mm -hmm. not only during a winter season but back to that I left I left home at 14 so you guys been gone a long time it's been a long 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 yeah. journey right so see I'm proud of that I'm very proud to say that I came back every year yeah kind of like what you're saying at the very start of the interview you didn't know at 14 that you're going to be gone gone once you start putting up points in every league so yeah. coming yeah. back probably feels so good oh it does it really yeah. does yeah it really really does yeah, yeah. Fort, McMurray will all be home. Fort McMurray will always be home uh, Danny, it is truly a pleasure to have you here in studio. Thank you so much for taking the time. Anything else you want to add to anyone that's listening in the area? Um, if I may say something a little off topic, um, uh, I've had a few friends very close and dear to me kind of pass recently. Um, Dave Tuckeroo Jr., uh, Peter Powder, Chief Peter. Mm -hmm. And uh, just recently here, Ken Hogue passed away too. And see, these are the types of people that I've always enjoyed coming back home to, uh, all for different different reasons. Like Peter and, and uh, Kenny were very involved in sports and stuff, and, and Peter being chief up, up here, and, and, and Hoagie also through. Uh, these people touched a lot of people's lives, and Dave Jr. did too in another certain way. And... And, the, and these are the people I'm talking about um, by coming back home. They're, they're, they're always the roots. And, and yeah, I'd just like to say, uh, yeah, rest easy, you, you guys. And, um, yeah, and those are the people I'm talking about when I talk about mm -hmm. Fort McMurray. Yeah. We appreciate you, Danny. Danny Hodgson, thank you so much for joining the show today. It's been an absolute pleasure. Thanks a lot, Sean. I appreciate it. Thank you. And one final shout-out to uh, the All-In Sports Den as well for hosting the trading card signing Danny that you were at early again thank you so much for joining the program this has been an awesome chat that's the end of another edition of Fort McMurray Matters want a copy of this episode or any past episode download the podcast at mix1037fm.com brought to you by Cooper and Company Law Firm and Fort McMurray Orthodontics on Mix 103.7